outdated. Lauren Yesteryear 632B felt sick. She wasn't sure if it was the movement of the transport or the message on her visor. Maybe it was both. Announcing the union of Silver River 309A, the wedding of Michael and Brenda. This made three. The third time she ended a relationship only to find her ex married the next year. To the very next woman. Unbelievable. Was there something wrong with her? Was she not the marrying type? Not a good girl? Weak wife candidate? Wasn't the third time supposed to be a charm? Three men. Three marriages. None to her. Not a coincidence. She wouldn't have actually married any of her ex-boyfriends, but to not even be asked. It may have sounded confusing to other people. It made total sense to her. The transport shuttered to a stop at her office building. She exited, not wanting to embarrass herself by getting sick at her company's front entrance. But once on solid ground, the sickness seemed to lessen. She made her way into the building and to her office. As she sat down she realized the wedding announcement was still on her screen and batted the window away. Still distracted by the news, she spent most of the morning flipping through her ex-boyfriend's social feeds looking for clues. She saw a few photos at the same restaurants they had visited, but this time with their future wives. Even identical romantic getaways. The women they married didn't seem different in any discernible way from herself. They held their drinks just as high and smiled the genuine smile of happiness. This would not stop bothering her. An alert suddenly appeared on her visor. Network error. She tapped to re-establish her connection. Soon the same alert reappeared. Network error. If she had already wasted most of her morning this was sure to finish it off. She tried once more with no luck. Network error. She stood up and left her office. The walk to tech support would be a good distraction. As she stepped into the elevator and pushed the button for the 224th floor, the worst possible person appeared to join her for the ride. Lauren. How are you? What a nice surprise. Said the worst possible woman. Hi, Bridget she replied. I keep disconnecting. Headed up to 224 to see if they can fix it. Bridget Summer Sky 101B was the person that introduced her to Michael. Oh. That's too bad. I need to fix my tax thingy on 219. She turned and hit the button for 219 and watched as the doors closed and the floor number started to count up. She appeared to be counting seconds, waiting for the right timing. Did you see? She started to ask. Yes, I saw Michael and Brenda's wedding announcement, Lauren said, trying to head Bridget off. She didn't want to hear exactly how Bridget wanted to word the question. I thought. You said you had connection trouble. You may have. I didn't mean to. Are you okay? Bridget finally asked. I'm fine. Actually happy for them. A little sudden, but. She tried to respond. The matching service has done an incredible job recently. When it's right, it's right. That's their slogan. She paused. Not that you two weren't. I just meant. Bridget struggled to finish her thought. The reprieve of floor 219 chimed. Lauren felt relief. She endured this awkward moment far too long. 
matching service? When it's right? Seriously? She thought. This is me. As the door opened she stepped out of the elevator. She turned around as the doors began to close. Don't worry I'm sure you will. She said as the elevator doors cut her off and squeezed her face out of existence. Lauren would never be that lucky. Floor 224 soon chimed, and she was soon walking the hallway toward tech support. She was greeted immediately inside the door to their department. Complaint code 083. I'm enmity tech 1754, but please call me James. What can I help you with? Said a round-faced, young man with pink cheeks and not quite facial hair. Are you married? She inquired. James squinted his eyes, slowly cocked his head, and started to inhale. Never mind. She decided against that approach. I can't connect, she stated instead. That must be why you decided to pay us a personal visit, he said trying to recover his composure. Please take a seat and I'll see what I can do. He led her to the nearest table with a chair on either side, and an array of panels and what must be diagnostic tools. After she sat down he seated himself across from her. When did this start? Just this morning. I came here as soon as it wouldn't let me reconnect, she explained. I'll take a look. He glanced at the panel. You are definitely offline, he said reaching for her visor. May I? Oh, sure, she said, as he plucked the small metal crescent from the bridge of her nose. You have a wonderful nose, he said then quickly looked away from her. What was your tech number again? She demanded. He felt harmless, but they were being monitored. Better to keep things clear. Sorry, sorry, so sorry, he stammered his apology. They didn't hire me for my people skills. Please don't report me. He placed the visor on the reader panel in front of him. He looked concerned. How long since your last update? Update? I thought that was automatic, she replied confused. It is automatic with the newer models, but yours is ancient. As in a collector's item. Bordering on illegal. He said as he sat back in the chair. Didn't the company offer you an upgrade? They did when I was hired, but I just never got around to it, she told him. Whoa. Your visor is seriously dangerous. You haven't even changed security protocols. Haven't you ever been split or ghosted? I have no idea what you are talking about. Never had any trouble before, she answered. Okay, um, right. Not sure what to do. I know what my tech collection or bank account might say, but let's not go there. He mumbled to himself. He stood up and paced a few times behind the table. Then he suddenly stopped and looked at her. Stay here. He said and hurried off to a rear office door. She rubbed the place where her visor had been and watched him go. The door opened and he walked energetically back to her, carrying a small box. We are going to upgrade you, he called out in his best professional tone. We apologize for neglecting the service and upkeep of such an important tool for your work life. He continued, ridiculously businesslike but convincing. Okay. Great, but what about my old? She started to ask. Lost. It was lost like you told me, or damaged beyond all recognition. I have to look it up, I forgot what you said. He interrupted her. He put a finger briefly to his mouth, to make a shushing gesture. He sat down across from her, setting down a box containing a brand new model visor inside. Then he brought up the diagnostic logs on the panel, 
and deleted his last session. As he finished he mouthed the words take it to her. She reached for the new box. He started to whisper violently. The old one. The. Old. One. He whispered, as he held onto the new box between them. Oh, sorry, she said confused. He began to gesture, as if putting something into the non-existent pocket of a suit he wasn't wearing. She understood, and palmed the visor jamming it into her right front pants pocket. The new model's got a lot of features you probably need to learn. Would you like me to demonstrate them? He resumed his odd professional tone. Just the basics, she told him. James Highspire 302A was leaving work. His mind still firmly on the antique tech he saw earlier today. As he waited in line for a transport, he ran over all of the insane fun he could get up to with it. He still regretted not asking for it, so badly his chest hurt. As he approached the open hatch to his transport, a woman pushed her way inside along with him. Immediately an alarm sounded, and an alert popped up on both their visors. Illegal occupancy. Conflicting destinations. James, right? What kind of trouble were you talking about earlier? Lauren asked him over the sounding alarm. You. Trouble? Can you stop that alarm? He said. His heart was now racing. She changed her destination to high spire, the alarm stopped and the hatch closed as the transport pulled away from the platform. He smiled at her weakly, not quite sure where this was going. I need you to do something for me, she told him. Why do you think I can help you? He asked. I saw the way you looked at my old visor. Help me and it's yours. No way, he said. I mean, yes. Or okay. Uh, deal. He finally got out. She looked relieved and sat back in her seat. Euphoric and a little afraid, he wondered what she wanted him to do. How will we explain you coming to my place? He asked her after a few moments of silence. We can just file a social permission request tomorrow. It will look like we are dating. They have that whole nose thing on the record. She smiled at him, to try to relieve his concern. I am not that lucky, he said. Of course you aren't, but the system probably doesn't know that. She teased him. I should probably wait until we are inside your place, until I explain what I need from you. Give me your visor. The antique, he said. But you haven't done anything yet. You don't even know what I am asking. We probably can't get that past my building security. It is mostly tech workers living there, and they are on the lookout for this kind of thing, he explained. I have a shielded pocket in my bag, where it will be safe. They don't know you would have those kind of pockets? She asked. I don't think they actually care. It is just a rule for this kind of residence. As long as we make the effort to conceal it, there is no problem. He told her. Hope you are right, she said, and took out her old visor. He placed it inside the lining of his bag. They sat quietly for a few moments. Did you access your matching service results yet? He suddenly asked her, trying to make small talk. Why would I? It's just, that was one of the features your old visor didn't have. He tried to explain. Usually women are obsessed with their results. I just thought. Well, the reason I bring it up is that, I have been using it since it was in beta. Guess what? He asked her. What? She humored him. I have never been matched he admitted. Never? Never. He said. That's impossible. She told him. Improbable maybe, but. He almost explained, before he was interrupted. The transport arrived at High Spire and the hatch opened.
they got out, and headed into his building, past security with no problem. Once inside the elevator she teased him. Are your neighbors aware of your matchless condition? They may as well call this place Matchless Spire. Probably be more accurate, he answered her smiling question. If you never used the service, that technically makes you matchless too. He pointed out. Welcome home James, and guest. As they went inside the door to 302A, he closed it behind her and asked, Okay, what have you gotten me into? Rachel Clearwater 113B, now Rachel Endless Sky 630B. Afraid of cats, even artificial ones. Sent a startling number of nude photos to ex-boyfriends. Surgically had a mole removed from her cheek. Quit her job after marriage. Lauren said aloud. She continued accessing private locked data. All the information only illegal access could provide. Her old visor easily performed this trick. She closed the connection and opened another one. Angela Greenhills 504C married name Angela Angel Falls 412A. Seriously? That one still amazes me. Changed her eye color to green. Once was detained by security for having sex in a mobile snack shop. Divorced once. Diagnosed as infertile. She read out the private information. This wasn't what she expected. One last profile to access. And finally Brenda Sun Valley 112B. Soon to be Brenda Silver River 309A. Never had a long-term relationship. Once threatened to kill herself in line for a transport. Short detention stay for mental assessment. Lost her job at several companies. He gave her the exact same necklace he gave me on their three-month anniversary. She finished. Nothing. She closed the connection. I can't believe this is what you wanted. Who are those women? James asked her. My betters? Superiors? Good girls? I don't know. Wife types? She told him. You would risk termination and possible detention for both of us, to find out these meaningless details? He added confused. These women are not this interested in you. The odd mix of strength and weakness in her made him feel confused and a little sad. He was right. They are nothing special, she said. And they all married a system match. She reflected out loud. I don't want my life to be generated by a matching service. Aren't we supposed to make mistakes? If compatible system data and mutual desperation are the criteria for a perfect match, I choose to be matchless, she said to him, then closed the display and removed her old visor. They looked at each other. She grinned at him. Looking around the room, she then looked down at the enmity visor she had worn her entire adult life. You still never told me if you are married, she said with a grin and tossed him his prize. Enmity Stories. This story was brought to you by the Enmity Corporation and produced using licensed AI voice technology. For more stories, please visit EnmityCorp.com or subscribe on your preferred podcast platform.